The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Central Oregon. The interview was conducted on the Wednesday edition of The Point, a local affairs show that airs Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. on 88.9 FM and kpov.org. Joining us today on the Wednesday Point is Terrell Young, also known as DJT Unique, who's the host of KPOV's Urban Mix on Friday at 10 o'clock, playing hip-hop and paying tribute to New York for starting hip-hop. Terrell is here to talk to us about white supremacy, an incredibly important topic these days. Welcome, Terrell, to the Wednesday edition of The Point. How's everybody doing? (laughs) We're good. We're We're really happy you're here. Your lovely face. Thanks Uh, for showing. Thank you. Always glad to be here on The Point. All right. So we're going to let you uh, take the lead. I know you had some some issues you wanted to talk about this morning. Um, Well, I wanted to talk about a little bit of everything, Um, just uh, anything about uh, white supremacy and the state that we're in right now. Um, Also want to get into some uh, things about, uh, you know, back in the 30s, 1930s, Mm -hmm. uh, early 1900s with movies and how movies play a part in this uh, white supremacy theory or how the, sometimes how the propaganda works through movies and television. All right. So what 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 are some examples of uh, white supremacy in movies uh, back in those days you were referencing? Um, well, you can go to the movie uh, in the 1930s, King Kong. Um, when you look at the... Uh, movie the first movie king kong uh there was uh well i'll i'll kind of go forward a little bit there was a uh in vogue magazine lebron james everybody knows he's a basketball player and um he took a picture with a white female who he was holding in his arms now vogue got a lot of you know backlash on that and the reason why they got a lot of backlash on that is because the same image of him holding the white woman was the same image in a promotional movie for King Kong in the 1930s. Hmm. So when you put the two together, LeBron didn't know, Vogue knew, but, uh, you know, LeBron James didn't know that that same picture was done before in the 1930s with a white woman and, of course, King Kong, who's a gorilla, right? So there's kind of an eerie image I've, I've i've used it when i've went around uh, oregon talking to schools or different retirement homes and um, a lot of people were pretty shocked when i put up the picture so um but kong really represented a a area where you have uh a black uh you kind of represented black people the the monkey did in in a metaphor kind of um and where he gets shot down empire state building which represents the economic status the white female calms the the beast down you, you understand what i'm saying it's there just, are types yeah. right yeah, yeah they're yeah, kind of subliminal message that were yeah. being sent in that movie uh-huh. that a lot of people didn't know about we you know we'll use our technology to bring this guy down we can't let him be on top of us or our empire so there were definitely some subliminal messages that were in that Kong movie, and the director said it. So it's not like it was really hidden. So, and that's where I had an issue with uh, LeBron, or people had taken that picture because they didn't know that it kind of connected uh, that 
picture with the old King Kong movie back in the 1930s. And if you look at his the picture, one of the main pictures of Kong when she's screaming, his face supposed to be gorilla made. But when you look at his features, the big nose, the big lips, the big eyes, they put a big uh close picture of him showing him and you look at him like wait a minute what are they really mm -hmm. saying mm -hmm. here in this movie so yeah I've, I've talked about that um everywhere that i've been as far as talking about white supremacy and things like that bruce you were smiling i your your mind's thinking a little bit about this well well one of the things i thought of when terrell when you mentioned the uh the monkey um that has been used as a as a what did you say um well uh for for black people as there were some things going around with president obama right during during his Definitely. during his time in office you know various different ways with with uh, obama's face on a monkey yes so Definitely. would that be a continuation of that of that kong sort of metaphor i guess yeah it's always i mean that's been going on like i said since the the early 1900s it always equated us with monkeys which we have no monkey dna at all <laughs> at all that's scientifically proven but well i think like all of us though have some kind of connection to that growth whether we're white right i guess we need to have a anthropologist in on this but Definitely. you know i mean it's like there are similarities, but not just one right. race. It's right, right, Bruce. Yep. Am I? At, I'm. I know that this is a great area to talk about because we need to put this kind of stuff on the table. But it's absurd the stereotypes mm -hmm. that that people continue to perpetuate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 pretty tough, especially when you're living in a place like you know, like um, Ben. Um, it's very very difficult. I've uh, there's some. Uh, females who live moved across the street from us um, it's a single lady who has three black daughters and they met up with my daughter of course you know so they hang out and they come in and they tell me some of the things that they're having they just moved here so mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. definitely uh, a, a issue in in Ben like I said Ben racism is kind of like racism with a smile right <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's it's very covert very you know and where i'm from virginia it's like in your face here it's kind of uh, we like you but you know and so it's it's definitely racism with a smile so um and you know the girls tell me some of the issues that they're having so we're talking to them about things that they can do groups that they can uh join or you know people they can get around and talk to you know so I'm wondering if we can go back and sort of tie the uh, this idea of the racism in movies in the early 1900s. Um, you mentioned racism with a smile. I'm assuming there was at least some attempt to mask the racism in those movies. Do you have other examples we can talk about? Oh, wow. Yeah, recently, uh, look at Star Wars. The new Star I don't know if people are Star Wars fans. I don't know if people on the panel are familiar with the movies, Star Wars with Darth Vader and things like that. But... Um, the newer one where you, I forgot his name, is, is I think his name is John Vega. Mm -hmm. It's a, a black, uh, he was one of the co-stars in the newer Star Wars movies. Where there were some things in there that, that we saw. Um, they uh, they had him, he was, he was supposed to be the hero. They show him, when the movie first came out, they put a poster of him. And when you look at the poster, he has that, kind of that gorilla look. He had on a stormtrooper, uh, you know, 
suit, uh, and they show him with his eyes. The main picture they got, his eyes are really big. They're bucking. They're, you know, it's kind of that that kind of uh, um, Amos and Andy look mm. from back. So they put that picture up there. Then when you go see the movie, because I do a lot of, I investigate on the Internet, so I go to certain supremacy sites, and I listen to what they're saying. And they were mad. They were like, hey, we, why is this black guy in there? I don't like it. It's going to mess up the franchise. Now, after the movie came out, the supremacist said, well, I, oh, I love the movie. So I'm like, well, why do they love the movie? What's, what's the deal? So when I went in there and I watched it, I said, oh, okay. So what it was, even though he was cast as a star in the movie, he had no power. He did nothing. Mm. He, had, he couldn't drive a ship. He couldn't operate any of the, the electronic, you know, the guns and the weapons in the movie. Mm-hmm. The female that he was was paired with, usually when you have a, a hero, he's the female in the uh, uh, the the female and the hero will, you know, have kind of a romantic relationship. They will, they had none of that. Hmm. None of that. She didn't touch him at all. <laughs> so there was no kissing, anything like that. Um, she knew how to do all the weapons. She knew how to use the lifesaver. She knew, but he was kind of like the sidekick in the back. And then the, there's a little joy that's kind of like R2-D2. When they first met, she was a friend of, of the little android. And the, and the android didn't like him. So you could, when he falls, he tases him. You, mm. you understand? Like the police, mm-hmm. you know, so he's tasing. Oh, yeah, his, yeah. So we're, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, so this, because this is what they were saying. They were talking about how he got tased, how he had he had no power in the movie at all. At the end, he gets knocked out. The The female actually wins the, you know, beats beats up Vader's, I don't know if he's related to Vader, Vader's son or something like that. Um, and she rides off to the sunset and at the end of the movie, he's carried off on a stretcher and this is supposed to be the star of the movie the you know so there, there's definitely some subliminal messages there that from what they were saying that they saw so you're suggesting that white supremacists after they saw the movie and they saw this uh, against somewhat stereotypical yeah. outcome All right, we're back on KPOV on the Wednesday Point. We're speaking with Terrell Young about white supremacy, specifically white supremacy in movies. We were talking about Star Wars before the break, and you said there was another scene in the movie that you wanted to talk to us about. There's a scene in there where um, where the bad guy who is talking to all his stormtroopers, and the way they had it lined up was kind of lined up like they had in World War II during, the, during uh, Nazi Germany. They had the same type of flags, the same type of – you could tell what they were going for. And right at it, – it's about 10 seconds, maybe five seconds long. So if people watch the movie, look for this very carefully where they do kind of like a Hitler salute in the movie. And then it kind of goes on to, you know, to other things, the rest of the movies. But that's the area where the supremacists were really talking about. They really enjoyed that. For me, going to like 4chan and there – I'm not going to name all the sites because – you know, it's a lot of a lot of bad stuff up there, but um, but that's the main thing they were talking about. But they gave that the black lead role character that was in there he had no power at all, so they were pretty happy about that. All right, and yeah, and well, you know, I've just I've seen previews for a new movie that's coming out that looks pretty. It looks good, and the thing, it's called Black Panthers, yes. and it's based on a comic book character, mm-hmm. and, um, again, you know, kind of the ilk of Superman and Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman was, you know, a woman hero. Mm-hmm. You know, Terrell, I have to say, 
I understand the need for separation, but I also want so much for us to find a way to um, work together and communicate with um, individuals who have strong opinions. Because I look at white supremacy, and this this actually is a quote from um, the Rolling Stones, and they say that as far as white supremacy, it's a sad mix of paranoia and inferiority in all those supposedly superior white people who appear to participate in the white supremacist activities and groups. So do you know much about this movie that's coming out, uh, Black Panther? And what do you think well, about how the need to have separation rather than inclusion? Well, I don't, I don't think it's the rest of the movies already out and it's got, it's very rare, uh, that it has um a hundred percent so all everybody the the ratings are very good good like good. five stars all across the board they're still talking about it talking about it on twitter um but it, it's just a movie where you don't see a lot of black people in hero roles so i don't think it's a movie where it's separating but it's kind of it's kind of is celebrating celebrating is in yes. africa so yes. they're, they're exactly. showing you know things that are still technology advanced you get the spaceships and the the whole nine um so but um i think that it's just showing how we can have black heroes which you know a lot Absolutely. of children don't yeah. see that so i think that's kind of what they were gearing for okay. and really it was the, really the movie industry was was falling at one time in the 70s when you had white flight leaving the suburbs that's where you kind of get that's where you get all those uh afrocentric movies that came into the inner city when he went uh to the movies like superfly you know little things shaft. like that shaft one of that's, my favorites so yeah. what saved the industry was black uh black movies when blade came out that really opened it up for marvel that actually saved marvel blade the blade series so it's always been this kind of uh, thing where you've had black heroes that are not being seen or represented in movies as, as much. But so this movie, all the kids love it. Um, but I've been hearing great reviews. I think it's so rare that it gets five stars or a hundred percent from everybody. So it, it, you know, it must be pretty good. I'm looking forward. To I can't wait that. to see it. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so Terrell, one of the things you and I have talked about is trying to make this a, a regular segment on KPOV coming in to talk about white supremacy. And what I'm wondering is what what has moved you to want to do this? Well, uh, me being from Virginia, me looking at things or certain presidencies and things, I, I never saw anything. Well, every time we talked about black history and or black history month, which you're not even even. In February, I'm not seeing no commercials here locally on on black history subjects. Um, I always want to know, did we do more than just come here on a boat? Right. Because it seems like our history only starts in 1600. But that's far from the truth. And when we start digging uh, into history, it goes way, 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 way back. Uh, but when we talk about it in America, it always starts in the 1600s for some odd reason. I'm like, OK. So black people were born as slaves and we were brought on a boat as slaves. But I, and I had to figure out that there had to be more to it than that. And as I started researching and doing things, I was kind of shocked on some of the stuff that wasn't being told um, about black history. 
And that's what made me get into this. All right. All right, uh, Terrell, thank you very much. This conversation will be continued on Looking KBOA. forward to it. Yeah, uh, it's exciting. Yeah, hopefully many, many times. We do need to uh, leave it there for today. Mm-hmm. We're, it's Valentine's Day. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.